morning, everyone. Everybody, please stand.
children of God. Amen.
Deal, here's what's going on this week. Tonight and Wednesday night, Engage Student Ministries will be meeting via Zoom for middle schoolers at 6 p.m. and high schoolers at 7.15. Jam and Offline will not be meeting, but Men's and Women's Bible Study will be on Zoom at 7 p.m. Wednesday night. Next Sunday, we will continue to be on in-person pause, so our Sunday morning gatherings will be on Zoom at 9.30 a.m. All meeting links can be found at firewallfellowship.com under the Connect tab. Sunday morning service will continue to be streamed at 11 a.m. on BoxCast, YouTube, and Facebook. And last but not least, don't forget to join Pastor Chris Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7.30 a.m. on Facebook Live for morning devotions. Good morning, Firewheel Bible Fellowship. It is so good to be with you this morning. Let's open our Bibles. Everybody say, Word? Word. We are in James uh, chapter 1. But before we get into the text, I uh, just want to uh, give you a little bit of information. As you know, we are meeting virtually this morning. We are putting a pause on our in-person ministry. Uh, but please still stay connected. Our classes are still meeting on Zoom, and we are going to continue streaming our service on Sunday morning. I'd like to encourage you uh, to stay connected with one another. Take opportunity to make a phone call or send a text message or an email or, or reach out. Because uh, right now we can feel really dis connected when we're, we're not together in person, but you know what? We are together in spirit. I want to also encourage you, as, as we have shared as, as a family, we are, we are taking uh, a step to be a little bit more spiritually mature, and part of that is budgeting and setting aside a percentage of our resources uh, for the Lord's work here at the church. And so we give our offering uh, via the text-to-give function on our cell phone, and we're continuing to do that. I want to encourage you in your own giving. Uh, we have different options. You can text to give and also online giving at firewheelfellowship.com slash giving. And uh, I just want to encourage you, uh, may we be generous and gracious givers. Uh, it's one of those things where as we grow in our spiritual life, we're putting something greater than ourselves first, uh, and that is, is the church. And so this morning, we are turning back to the book of James, and I'm really excited about the next couple of messages that, that are going to be delivered. And, and we are stepping out of this discussion of how in, in spiritual health do we handle our resources and, and this tendency, this obsession with wealth and the wealthy. And now we are turning in our discussion to discuss how do we successfully navigate through this life? I've made this statement multiple times that we have the potential of stepping out of this pandemic and greater spiritual health than when we entered it. And to do that, we're going to need to know how to spiritually navigate this life. Now, one of the best pieces of technology that has come about in recent years is the GPS on my cell phone. I literally uh, do not go anywhere without it. Even if I'm making a, a quick trip, I typically will type that address in there and hit go. Because it's wonderful technology, right? It tells me where to turn and, and when to turn, how much farther I have to go. It also helps me see things that I just can't. You know, it lets me know if there's an accident up ahead or if there's slowing traffic. It will reroute me at times to avoid trouble that is up ahead. 
sometimes, you know, I get stubborn. I'm like, oh, I don't need the, the GPS, and I won't type it in. And uh, when I eventually get lost, <laughs> I can always go back and uh, type in the address in HITGO. It's wonderful. Well, as we think about the spiritual life, I, I think to myself, you know, wouldn't it be great if there was a spiritual GPS, a technology for our spiritual lives that, that would tell us where to turn and, and when to stop and when to go? What spiritual directions that I need to take? You know, a spiritual GPS that can reroute us around trouble that may be right up ahead. And, and when we get off track, that we can turn to again and again to restore us to spiritual sanity. I think that would be wonderful. Well, with that in mind, again, we're back in James. We're in chapter 1, and we're starting in verse 5 with a very simple question. Are you feeling lost? James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, this is a call to any person who at any moment in their lives is, is feeling confused or lost or perplexed or unsure of what to do. I think some of us this morning uh, are raising our hands. You're like, that's me. That's, that's me right now. You know, there's so many decisions that we need to make. You know, what are we supposed to do? Or, you know, are we supposed to keep our, our kids in school? Or, or are we to keep them home? Are we to venture out in public or stay quarantined? What am I supposed to do with my job or this particular relationship? Questions like, what's going to happen in the world? How do I process the shifting political changes? And am I going to get the vaccination when it first comes out, or am I going to wait? I need help, right? Like with big stuff and little stuff. Do I turn left or do I turn right? Do I take the highway or surface streets? Is there an accident up ahead? I feel like there's a crash right around the corner. God, what do I do? I'm not sure if you can relate to that, but I sure can. You know, if any of us don't know what to do, James reminds us of where we can turn. And it isn't Facebook. <laughs> we continue with James chapter 1, verse 5, where we discover God is our spiritual GPS. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Well, this is an invitation into a spiritual conversation with God that we call prayer. This is an invitation into a spiritual conversation with God that we call prayer. This is where we turn to God knowing that He is the source of all divine wisdom and insight and knowledge and discernment. Right? Let's think through this biblically, right? Like, by wisdom, God created the world and sustains the universe by the power of His Word. I, I think if God can handle the entire universe, then, then maybe by chance He can handle the universe of my own life and hold the, the constellations of my life in, in orbit. By wisdom, God has orchestrated all of human history to bring about His perfect, divine, sovereign will. And you know what that tells me right now? Like, God's not perplexed. You know, he's not like rubbing his hands together like, oh, I have no idea what's about to happen. No, there, there's nothing that catches God by surprise, not only in, in the larger world, but in our individual world. By wisdom, God ordained our salvation through Jesus Christ. 
by wisdom, God has ordained our lives down to this very moment. We come to discover through the scriptures that Jesus, in fact, is our wisdom. Jesus is the source of all spiritual wisdom and insight through the Holy Spirit. And it's from the scriptures where we draw from the treasure trove limitless wisdom. The scriptures themselves are more valuable than silver or gold for within the scripture is where we find direction for every aspect of our life. From the big stuff to the small stuff. It's from the scriptures that we derive sound teaching and from sound teaching, sound direction. Because it's true. God is our spiritual GPS. When we need direction, we turn to him. When we are lost, we turn to him. When we don't know what to do, well, we turn to him. And we don't just ask once and then done. For the verb in verse 5, ask, is, is actually more like ask and ask and ask. We, we keep asking. Just like we go to our cell phones when we're driving somewhere new, we, we ask, we press in the address, we hit go. In the same way, we ask and we ask and we ask. We turn to God for spiritual insight and direction every single day. I mean, every single hour, every single minute of every single day. Why? Because we need his spiritual direction every single day, every hour, and every minute. Which way do I turn? What should I do? How do I handle this in a Christ-honoring way? And just in case we start to think, oh, I don't know if, if God's going to provide that direction, or if we, we feel that maybe God is kind of a miser when it comes to giving us good things, we have to remind ourselves that we are spiritual sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. And we got to remind ourselves of who God is. You see, family, our God is a generous God. James 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives, I love this word, who gives generously. It is a word that means to give above and beyond what is needed. You know, sometimes we feel like all we need is a, a little spiritual snack, but God then gives us a full course spiritual meal. He gives generously to all without reproach. And when we ask, listen to this. This is a promise. It will be given to him or to her. In this verse, we are being invited into deeper spiritual relationship with our generous giving God through Jesus. And it's an invitation that is extended to all Right? This is not an invitation to a select few who may approach. We don't need to know like a secret spiritual handshake. We don't need to know a special prayer. We don't need a special person to go to God on our behalf to receive spiritual direction. In fact, it is through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we are all invited to approach. And when we do, when we truly approach our Father in heaven, in this posture of asking. You know what we find? 
Our God is a generous giver. Let me say that again. Our God is a generous giver. I, I want you to write that down. Okay, I want you to, to write that down, maybe in your Bible or on a piece of paper. And, and then I, I want you to write, our God is a generous giver, but I also want you to make this personal. My God is a generous giver. And, and he's not just a giver of wisdom and spiritual insight, but he is the giver of all good things. Just like chapter 1 of James records in verses 16 through 17, do not be deceived, do not be misled, don't miss this. My beloved brothers and sisters, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Everything good that is in our life, everything that we, we can look out the landscape of our existence and we can say that is good, we discover it is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. Our God never changes. His generosity never stops. In fact, the greatest gift, I hope we all can agree on this, the greatest gift that God has ever given us is His Son, Jesus. You know, if He would give His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross, what would He withhold from us? You know, I'm, I'm reminded in the scriptures that because God did not withhold us his son, there's no good thing he would withhold from us. I'm encouraged today to know that God has not just saved us to let us sit in spiritual gridlock traffic, to wander around through this life with, with no direction at all. That's not how he's left us. No, he's called us to live a spirit-filled life. And check this out. He gives us everything we need in Jesus to do just that. Did you know that? We have been given everything through our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to live a spiritually healthy, spirit-filled life. And what I love about this verse is we're reminded is that we can turn to God time and again over and over and over. God never gets tired of it. We're never going to turn to God and have him rebuke us for asking or seeking or praying. We'll never call on God and find him too busy. You know, there are times where I'll have people tell me, you know, I, I don't really want to bother God with this. You know, I'm sure he's got bigger things to take care of. And I often wonder, you know, like if somewhere along the way that person has somehow confused God with someone in their life who just always seemed a little too busy for them. Family, our Heavenly Father is not like that. He never tires of us asking. He, he's telling us to ask Him. It, like, it brings God joy when we ask and we seek and we knock and we pray. That brings God pleasure. But there's one condition right? Like, of course there is. <laughs> There's one prerequisite. There's one non-negotiable. When we ask, well, we must ask in faith. James chapter 1 verse 6, taking the posture when we ask, expecting a yes, but let him or her who ask, ask in faith. With no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Faith is a prerequisite for answered prayer. 
Biblical faith is this deep abiding belief that not only God exists, but he blesses those who seek him. It is a faith that is, that is trusting in God's goodness and generosity and this reality, this faith that when we ask him, he will answer. Well, family, in this life, there are two types of prayers that we can pray. The first is a prayer where we are asking, expecting a yes. And what I mean by that is that we pray and we say amen, and we really expect that God is going to answer. We, we believe that when we go to the text of Scripture, we're really expecting and believing that God is going to speak to us. That when we turn to a godly and trusted spiritual spotter, that person in our life where we can seek spiritual guidance from, that when we turn to that person, we expect that God is really going to speak through them. You see, we are asking God, expecting a yes, and we take a posture of yes. That means we are waiting for direction, and that when God speaks, our response is, Okay, I'll do that. God says go left, I go left. God says go right, I go right. See, it is, a, it is a posture of prayer expecting a yes, but it's a posture and living life of I will live a yes as well. But that isn't always how we pray, is it? Now, truth be told, there, there are times when we pray and we're actually asking but expecting a no. We're asking but expecting a no. <laughs> And here's what I, I mean by that. There are times when my boys go looking for their mama. You know, it's obvious they've got something that they want to ask her specifically. And I'll ask them, hey guys, why don't you just ask me? And, they, and you can just tell right away, they're like, ah, you know, we're, we're going to go look for mama. And, and, and the question is why? Why are they looking for mama? Because when they turn to their mama, they're expecting a yes. And there are times where I'll just tell them, boys, you know what, mama's busy, just go ahead and ask me. And their, their countenance changes, you know. And, and they're asking the question, they're, they're placing their request, but they're expecting that the answer is no. And, and, and maybe that's a, an opportunity for this father to take a little bit more of a yes posture with my boys. But we can all pray like that, can't we? We can, we can ask God for wisdom and direction. We can come to him with our prayer requests, but all the while, we're expecting a no. It's kind of like a spiritual Hail Mary. I mean, you all know what I'm talking about, right? It's that point in the game where your team is down, and it's <clears throat> just like last week's Cowboy game with a few seconds left on the clock and some 30-plus yards to go. Garrett Gilbert is, is ready to take the snap, and and, and he knew, right? Like, the crowd knew, the coaches knew, we as viewers at home knew that, that probably, most likely, chances are, the game was over. The Hail Mary was just like that final formality before the end of the game. And, and we can pray like that, can't we? We can toss it up, like, maybe it will be answered. It's kind of like the last formality before we just go out and do whatever we think best. Well, when we do that, James calls that something. He calls that doubting. And he equates it to a wave that is tossed by the wind. You know, I have sat uh, on the beach in Southern California, and I've watched beautiful, perfect waves get totally blown out by the wind. 
And I've also seen believers in Christ who, who could be living such a, a vital, spirit-filled life get totally blown out by the winds around them. You know, that's what our spiritual lives can look like, right? That if we don't turn to God in faith, knowing that He is good, that He can be trusted, that He is generous and He will lead us, if we don't turn to God in faith, well, what are we left with? We're left with the prevailing winds of the world in which we live in that constant shifting breeze of our own self, uh, self-sufficiency. And right now, y'all, it's really windy. I mean, everywhere we turn, it's like another article, another blog, another meme, another video, another conversation, another impassioned post. There is so much noise and wind where right now we can feel like we're a kite in the middle of a hurricane, just getting blown all over the place. Family, when we pray expecting a no, when we pray without faith, the answer is always no. James 1.7, for that person who asks with doubt, without faith, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. That literally in the scriptures we are told, without faith it is impossible to please God, and without faith we should not expect that we are going to receive anything from God. Family, the generous provision of God dries up when we turn to Him expecting enough. The generous provision of God dries up when we turn to Him expecting a no. That is when we turn to Him without faith. And it's not because God is being mean or that He's somehow wanting to withhold good things from us out of spite. It's because when we turn to God expecting a no, we're also choosing to live a life of no. And here's what I mean by that. Even if God provided, right, like the sound wisdom and the spiritual insight and the discernment and direction we're seeking, we wouldn't receive it. God, what should I do right now? Should I turn left or should I turn right? To which God answers, turn left. You know what? I'm going to turn right anyway. Thanks for answering though. (laughs) This is when we approach the scriptures pre-deciding that no matter what the scriptures say, we are just going to do it our own way. Maybe we're just kind of like checking the spiritual boxes. You know, sometimes people will want to meet with me and they'll want to get some spiritual advice. And about 30 seconds in, it's clear. The person's not really seeking any, any form of advice. They're not asking any questions. They're just there to get the pastoral rubber stamp on a decision that they've already made. It's like going to the counselor to quote-unquote save the marriage when, when we've already filed for divorce. Family, please hear this. Don't miss this. We should not pray if we will not obey when God answers. We should not pray if we will not obey when God answers. Because that isn't prayer. That's some weird spiritual speech that we make, and 
and this choice to just continue on in spiritual self-sufficiency. God is not going to bless that type of prayer. You see, when we, when we pray to God expecting a no and we live a no, not only are we not going to see these prayers answered, we'll discover that we will not have any spiritual sanity. When we pray expecting a no and we live a no, there will be no spiritual sanity, James 1.8. Simply put, double-minded and unstable. This person who approaches God without faith, walking in self-sufficiency, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The phrase double-minded could equally be translated as two-souled. It's as if there's like two competing spirits within the person. There is the spirit of God and the spirit of self-sufficiency. There's this insane spiritual tug of war that is happening within, creating internal chaos and chaos all around. This is what God says, but this is what I want. This is what I read in scripture, but this is what I read on social media. This is what I hear in worship music, but this is what I hear in secular pop music. This is what I, I hear from my healthy spiritual spotter, but this is what I hear from my spiritually sick friends. I feel like God's calling me to walk by faith. But I, I just kind of want to trust in myself right now. James calls this way of life unstable, volatile, and erratic. This type of thinking affects the whole life. It is thinking that is unstable, volatile, and erratic. And it permeates the whole of the life. And really what it does is it, it invites into our life three of my least favorite friends. Like, when these roll into the party, these friends roll into the party, they mess everything up. When these three friends show up in the spiritual life, it messes everything up. The three friends, restlessness, irritability, and discontentment. These friends show up whether things are good or things are bad, whether the sun is shining or the rain is pouring, whether the traffic is good or it is gridlock. Because we're not spiritually healthy, there's no joy. There is no contentment. There is no peace. Just unstable, volatile, erratic thinking and living. And that is no way to live a life. Family, through Jesus, God offers us so much more than that. And so this morning, I want to give you a few spiritual recommendations. And, and really, every single week we're together, I, I encourage you, what step are you taking this week? What is your faith step going to be? How are you going to apply this message? What are you taking with you? And how are you going to implement something that you've heard this morning in your spiritual life today and through the week? Well, here's a few spiritual recommendations. First, that we take a posture where we are asking, expecting a yes. This is so wonderful. I love James 1.5. I'm going to read it to you again. I want to encourage you to highlight this in your Bible. And just write in the margin, promise. Family, this is a promise from God. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, 
who gives generously to all without reproach, hear this, and it will be given him. Again, that's a promise. That is a promise that is being made to us as we walk out our spiritual journey. These are those moments where we're going to stop and we're going to pray and ask and ask and ask. And we're going to pray and ask expecting a yes. And not only are we going to pray expecting a yes, we're going to take the posture of yes. Right? When God says turn left, we're going to turn left. When God says turn right, we're going to turn right. When God says stop, we'll stop. God, you tell me to reroute. I'm not going the right way. I will obey. I will reroute. And here, here's what's so, so fascinating. Here's what's so wonderful. And this is a little bit of a spiritual secret right here. When we are spiritually healthy, we can make spiritually healthy decisions. Did you know that? When we are spiritually healthy, we can make spiritually healthy decisions. And and what I mean by that is when we're in a spiritually healthy place with God and we're faced with decisions, we can actually make decisions throughout the day that are spiritually healthy. Those decisions are actually flowing from a spiritually healthy life. But if you get to a place where you don't know what to do, The most spiritually mature among us will stop and pray. I want to encourage you this week. Turn to God, asking Him, all the while expecting a yes. The second uh, spiritual recommendation is, is obviously, like, let's not continue on in this posture, right? Like, asking, expecting a no you know, we've already said it. When, when we approach God expecting a no, we're throwing up Hail Mary prayers, prayers that we're not really thinking that God's going to answer. It's just kind of like that final formality before we go out and do whatever we were planning on doing anyway. When we're asking, expecting a no, we tend to live the no life. That even if God speaks like crystal clear, we still won't hear it. Family, don't, don't forget this. The generous provision of God dries up when we turn to him expecting a no. That is, the generous provision of God dries up when we turn to him without faith. And this last point, so, so important. We should not pray if we will not obey when God answers. And so if we end up in a spiritual place where we're not walking in spiritual sanity and we're kind of off track, I I just want to say finally, we can have our spiritual sanity restored. It's like a reboot. You know, if if right now you're feeling like a windswept wave or you're being tossed back and forth, or if you feel like that insane tug of war is happening in your spiritual life, we're always invited that we can, we can reboot, we can turn back to God if any of you lacks wisdom. If any of you are confused, if any of you are overwhelmed, ask God. Why? Because he's a generous giver. He will answer that prayer.
Lord Jesus, please restore my spiritual health. Well, family, next week we're going to pick up and we're going to compare the, the biblical wisdom, the spiritual insight that we get from our relationship with Jesus Christ and then the supposed spiritual wisdom of this world. I want to encourage you. Let's turn to God this week. And let's turn to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for, uh, for every spiritual tool that we need. We thank you that it is all provided to us through you. We thank you, Father, that at any given moment throughout our day, we can turn to you. We can ask and ask and ask. You are never too busy. You are never bothered by us turning to you, to seek you, to depend on you. I pray you do that spiritual miracle in us, that spiritual posture of dependence where we are dependent upon you throughout our day for every single need. Just as it, as it says, as, as we pray often, give us this day our daily bread. I pray that we are encouraged to come to you with the big stuff and the little stuff. To continually turn to you. And really, Lord, we turn to you for our greatest provision. This morning, if you have not given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have not invited Jesus into your life, I want to encourage you. If you feel that spiritual stirring in your soul that you know at this moment you need Jesus and the quietness of your heart, tell him, Lord Jesus, I believe. I believe that you died for me. I believe you were buried and I believe you have risen. Please, Jesus, save my life. If that is truly your heart's prayer, and you truly are now inviting Jesus into your heart, into your life, and the Bible records you have just passed from spiritual death to spiritual life. You may have woke up this morning separated from God, but you will put your head down on your pillow tonight alive in a pure, godly relationship with our Heavenly Father. Welcome to the family. We thank you for your grace this morning, your grace that is greater than anything else we've ever experienced. Please, in your grace, be with us as we are together in spirit, but apart uh, physically. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you, if you want to know more about what it means to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ or how to take some spiritual next steps, I want to encourage you, go to our website, click on the Faith and Baptism tab, fill out that form, and, and we'll be in contact with you. If you are new to Firewheel, like this is your brand new church home, uh, it has been so, uh, so amazing to see that there are some who have been attending Firewheel, that this, this church is now your church home, yet you've never physically stepped on our campus. I want to encourage you to press on that tab on our website, New to Firewheel. Fill that out so we can follow up with you. If you have a prayer request, again, on the website. And, and if you want to be a generous giver, just like our God is the generous giver, like always, all of our giving options are on the website. Family, I, I know things right now seem really strange. And it, and it may feel like it's, it's never going to get better. Or it's never going to change. I just want to encourage you, the family, in the grand scheme of things, 
the grand scheme of history. This is just a very short window of time. So whether we are together here in this building or we are together in the Spirit, we are still together. So in that, let's stand together for it's time to go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. And share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all till we meet again, same time, same place next week. And do not forget, family, you are loved. No, 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 you're loved. No, 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 you're loved. Don't forget it. Now let's carry that love outside to the rest of the world. And at times right now, it's probably going to be virtually. But let's take this love to the world. We'll see you next time. Thank you.